0: so much for joining me today here on it's a PR thing. You know I love talking to you about PR things. And today I'm going to share a delightful conversation that I had with my friend Sam Sims out of Oklahoma. Sam and I spent a little time on a Friday afternoon talking about PR strategic planning. And we were able to meld down to about four or five really key things that it's important to be thinking about when you're working on strategic planning with clients or with your leadership or with your organization. Now, Sam is on the incoming board of the Public Relations Society of America. This is an association made up of about 30,000 professionals across the United States. If it is not, in fact, the largest PR association on the planet, it is one of the largest. Sam is also a PRSA fellow which is the pinnacle credential that you can earn in the public relations field. And again, Sam and I just had a really delightful conversation. We got into, again, the key points that it's really important to be thinking about when you're doing public relations strategic planning. But we also got onto some ancillary trails about things that we experience along the way in doing that. So I am very excited for you to hear this conversation today, and I hope that it gives you some really good food for thought. So grab a pen, Grab a pad of paper and let's all dive in for some more PR learning love. Welcome everyone to It's a PR Thing. This is the show where we help you build relationships that build business. We'll give you a better understanding of what PR is today and how you can use it to drive your business in ways you never knew you could. If you're ready to build bigger and better relationship capital, then this is the show for you. Hey all, thank you so much for joining me here today on It's a PR Thing. I'm your host, Stephanie McFarland, and today we're gonna be talking about PR strategic planning with my friend, Sam Sims. Now, as I said in the preface, Sam is on the incoming board of PRSA. He also is a PRSA fellow. Sam also has a podcast called PR for the Rest of Us, and I strongly recommend that you take a listen to it and add it to your list of professional development resources. Now, Sam has a very rich background, so I am not going to hold us up any longer. I am going to turn the floor over to Sam so you can hear all the details of what makes him an excellent choice to be our guest today on this topic. Sam, take it away.
1: So I got my start in public relations in the early 2000s in the corporate communications world. From there, I moved to agency life, then I moved to nonprofit, and then back to agency and then back to corporate. There were some stints prior to starting my big boy job, if you will, that were in government. Uh, They were internship level things. I did some work in uh, news production for one of the news companies here in the Oklahoma City area. And today, I run my own firm uh, called Sims Group, and then I also am an adjunct instructor at the University of Oklahoma.
0: Then you step into the office of uh, one of our one of our two favorite people, and that being um, two- Yeah, sorry,
1: I did. But, yeah. I I have the pleasure of filling the office that he left when he retired, and I'm really glad that he was able to retire. And, and, as you and it's for- I'm sorry. It was just I was going to say it's very surreal that that I actually have the ability to be in his office since I was usually on the other side of the desk, asking him questions since (laughs) he's a mentor of mine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As I say, well, Pritch, Pritch is known here in Indiana because he is, you know, he was at Ball State for so long and there's so many of us that have, you know, come up through the ranks through the years and Pritch has been a mentor to us and just was, you know, really just a, a really stable cornerstone. You know what I mean? Of a real strong Mm -hmm. PR knowledge for all of us. So I'm a little Tell us, you know that you're uh, getting to haunt his his old office there where you're at. So, in, well, you can yeah. come
1: visit me anytime you want.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind. So, and then the other one we both know is, uh, of course, is uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Tran, right?
1: Right, also yeah. a mentor of mine. Yes, he helped me out immensely through when I was achieving my accreditation in public relations or APR.
0: Yeah, as we're saying uh, Doctor Tran, I've known him for ever and a day. First person I ever learned the phrase from of stay in your lane. (laughs) He Mm -hmm. was, uh, he was given a a presentation at, uh, we had an Indianapolis public relations conference and he came and talked about crisis communication management. And he was talking about the fact that when you're managing a crisis, it's real important that everybody knows, knows their lane. Of course, that's coming from his military background. And he also, uh, I know as a Denison award Winner uh, award recipient through with the uh, Public Relations Society of America Public Affairs Section. So, and mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. Trey and I have have worked in that capacity in, in the in the past. So, all right, strategic planning clearly clearly something very necessary in our field. What are some of the questions that you get from people about strategic planning?
1: The biggest one is we don't have time for that. It's not really questions. The statement, and they'll just state, we don't have time for planning, and mm-hmm. I. Always giggle on the inside Um, because if you don't have time for planning, you don't have time to do what you're what you think you're supposed to be doing. Planning is going to tell you how to move through that process. Uh, Some other questions that I get are timing. I get some questions: Where do we start? Mm -hmm. Uh, How do we know if we've been successful? So it it just depends on the context of the situation. Who am who am I speaking with? Is it someone who's new to the industry? Is it somebody who's been in the industry for a while? It just depends.
0: Now I'm with you on that. I know it's frustrating when people don't see the, understand the value of PR planning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's your roadmap, right? Otherwise you're just, you're just all over the map. You're just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something's going to stick. There's no real best practice to it at all. It's just, it's just this kind of formless, you know, formless effort. So, so right. um,
1: it's interesting. You say spaghetti to the wall, cause I call those ooh, shiny moments. <laughs> 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 when somebody rolls into a meeting with the great ooh shiny moment and everybody chases that ooh shiny for a long time uh, and yeah. then they realize there's nothing to come from it. And they turn back around and and go the other direction. Usually they're mad at somebody else other than themselves. But yeah, that's funny that you say spaghetti at a wall. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, but you're right. It is. It's it's like, and I say that all the time. I, I will tell folks, um, you know, that work with me whenever we're going into uh, to do a plan and we'll start working on the tactical part i'm like okay now this this is the shiny object section you know this is the section everybody's going to hone in on they're not Mm going to be you know really uh they're not going to be real impressed with you know goals and objectives and all the things that are really really crucial you know those are like main engine parts what they're going to be most interested in are the shiny object ideas you know all the tactics so
1: yeah you could not be more spot on that's where most people start and they never get back into uh, if we look at the goals objectives, strategies and tactics tactics being the action items they stay they live in the action items but they don't get through the strategic part of it uh, the 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 strategies they don't get through the objectives they don't even get through the goal so ultimately what we do as communicators and what we do and, and and know that we're also part of that marketing mix. Mm-hmm. And so if if we're not achieving something that the organization, that all departments of the organization are targeted toward, then the organization is likely headed in no direction except all directions at the same time.
0: Exactly. It's kind of, yeah. We literally just did a podcast. We've been doing a series, which is called Corporate Cultures That Court Crisis. And we're finishing up the, the fourth series next, excuse me, actually this next week. But one of those cultures is called hair on fire. And that's kind of what you get, right? When you're mm-hmm. when you're approaching, you know, your public relationship, Marcom, you know, whatever, and you don't have a strategy, it really is just like kind of running around with your hair on fire. <laughs> just not, not mm-hmm. really, really getting much traction. Like you said, you might get some flash out of it, but are you really going to get any real organizational value from it?
1: It's so truthful.
0: I, I know too, what are some best practices um you know and we can get down into this you know more deeply here but what are what are some of the key best practices that you that you keep in mind when you're working with folks to develop strategic plans
1: so I use I use an analogy it's an acronym called ghost goals objective strategy tactics there's nothing fancy about it at all. I have to keep it simple in my mind because in planning it can get very difficult uh, very convoluted Very quickly. And so I've got to keep it nice and simple. I start with goal. And my goal is typically, what are we doing to enhance uh, the business objective, whatever that business objective is. Um, And that usually starts the conversation because mm-hmm. it's very rare that I actually get a client or I get an organization that says, yes, here are our stated business objectives. And so I have to roll back and actually say, well, then we need to align some business objectives to your vision, mission, and core values. And once we have that, we then we can move forward. Like I said, what we're doing in the mix, the PR, marketing, advertising mix, if we are not doing something that impacts that business goal or the business objective, if you will, then it's going to be, we're going to miss the boat. And not only is our department or our division missing the boat, accounting is going to miss, miss the boat, Mm -hmm. human resources, legal, IT Mm -hmm. operations, name a department. We're all going to miss the boat. We're not going to be moving towards the same goal. So that's where I start. And then when I get to that point, I start flipping into the stuff that I've worked through my entire career and that I'm accredited in. And I'm also, by the way, a fellow in the Public Relations Society of America, which is like our pinnacle level of distinction. It just means that I've I've been in the industry for a minute and <laughs> I've defended myself against my peers. Essentially of what a- that
0: means is you're a grandmaster. And so like a grandmaster in chess, you're a grandmaster in PR.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I appreciate you saying that. However, I don't feel that way. There's probably a little bit of imposter syndrome there as well. But uh, yes, I've been exposed to a lot uh, and I bring all that to the table and that's what helps me formulate those objectives, those communications objectives and the marketing objectives that will align to things that we need to get done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe that's uh, awareness objectives, or maybe it's an actionable objective, whatever the case may be. And then it takes us into the strategies. In other words, what are we going to be leveraging? Mm -hmm. How how, how are we going to be doing things? Uh, And then that gets us into those shiny moments we were talking about earlier, and that's the tactics or the action items I spend a lot of time over in that area externally. So internally, when I'm building the plan, I'm spending the most of my bulk of my time in the goals, objectives, and strategies. But when I am speaking, say, with a client or I'm speaking with the rest of a company and I want to really get them involved in it, I will speak a lot about the tactics and how they impact uh, the, the ultimate plan.
0: Yeah. How they, how they get you there. I know one of the things we do is um, I'm a big fan of Stephen Covey. So there's a lot that I pull from his work. And one of the things that we always do, with the even if they call me and say, Hey, can you guys help us get a news release out? First question I have is, okay, what's the end? What's the end look like after we do this? Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing we do with all of our planning. You know, what is the vision of what we want to actually result from all of the effort we're going to put into implementing a strategic plan. And that's where we start. And just like you, the same thing, too. We do, you know, we have kind of these essential components, you know, of that plan. It's what are the goals? We also look at what are the measurable objectives. Um, We have a podcast out, too, which is called, I can't remember the number, but it's called BLT with the Pickle uh, and the CEO and mm-hmm. one thing that a lot of ceos one reason why i think pr gets so diminished and it's seen as just media relations not the actual stakeholder relationship management you know what i mean in the organization mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that function is a lot of ceos have been used to working with people that are very tactical um they've been used to working with folks that know about how to tell the story which is which is a valuable tactic don't get me wrong but it's not the strategy
1: yeah it's not everything and,
0: yeah exactly and The other piece that is, they run into people who have no idea how to measure PR. So we do always make sure that we have that BLT plus the pickle, which is behavior, level, time, and people that you want to influence. We make sure all of our objectives include that. And then, of course, like you said, you know, we will have what are all of our key points we want to make. I'm a big advocate for not using the word messaging because messaging is really actually it's highly associated with with, uh, psych ops, um, you know, and, and it's more of a military thing. So what we instead use, or what points do you want to make? That way, people don't feel scripted. And then the other piece of that, excuse me, is uh, you know we also, obviously, like you said, we have the the tactics or the the shiny object you know section. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we will actually have how we're going to evaluate it. You know how we're going to do that in terms of you know are we going to do a survey? Or are we going to do a uh, you know some in depth interviews? Or are we going to look at data that we have? Are we going to look at, you know, you know, counting people attending or increasing customers or traffic to, you know, whatever the various avenues were and channels. And then we actually make sure that whatever that that measurement is actually, if you will, kind of equals out or rather fills in those factor blanks in the objective that we set in the beginning. So those are essentially the components that we use for any kind of strategic plan. So, I like
1: your well, BLT plus pickle. that's good. I like well,
0: that I'm, I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that that actually I attribute that to uh, someone here in Indianapolis who you may even know her name's Jennifer Deswaner. um she works for for one of my competitors, but uh they're good folks and uh Jennifer was one of my APR uh, instructors and mentors and she taught us that and've I've been using it for years and it's uh I've taught it to you know, you know folks that I've taught you know at Indiana University and and so forth so
1: right isn't that great about our profession how Although we might be competitors, we're still helping each other out. I love that oh, yeah. about our profession.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you and I both have podcasts, right? I mean, these are just three sure, things yeah. that we do because we love the profession. We're zealots about it. And we want to be able to get out there and share because we want people to be to be good. And if you're, I'm, I'm sure, Sam, in the conversations you and I have had you know, before the show... We both see PR as the noble conscience of the organization, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's so important, you know, to leverage that function to build relationships. And relationships is as our company always says, you have to build relationships to build business.
1: Right. Businesses don't do business with businesses.
0: <laughs> they don't people. do business with just money. <laughs>
1: right. People do business with people.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the money comes second. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it because like, you brought this up in our in our you know, kind of our preface conversations that we had, you know, b- before we started to record the show, and that was um, generating creative and new strategic approaches to impact a particular issue. So, what what are your thoughts on some of
1: that? Here's where we, as public relations pros, can really wow our clients and our organizations. And we are the way that our minds are, the way that we become educated, and the way that we work. We are constantly at a very high level, not to say that we are the high level, just to say that we are up looking at everything. We're looking at all the moving parts because at any one given time, those moving parts could be part of what we need to accomplish. And so we've got to stay at that level. When doing so, it makes us wildly creative and wildly strategic at the same time. Some of the approaches that I use is, like I said earlier, when we first started this podcast, I've got to keep things simple for myself at times. And one of them is literally when I'm thinking strategic wise, I'm going to insert the word leverage. What can I leverage to get the result that I think I need out of my audience? Mm -hmm. I mean, that could be, can I leverage new social media platforms? Can I leverage new technology? Think iPhone cameras that are now amazing and you can do full-on full-featured films on them because the cameras are so good. It, it, it's stuff like that. what can I leverage to make it that next step and even better? And usually when I'm thinking that way, my brain's also thinking new creative ways to use something differently and which also plays into what we do as public relations professionals is we try to keep the cost of what we do down mm-hmm. as low as we possibly can so that we have a bigger bang for our little dollar that we spend.
0: Yeah, oh, that's a great point. And, you know, one thing as well, um, I know, first, of all, the one thing we do is we always use the word stakeholder because an audience is passive. And so the one thing we do when we're doing strategic planning is we do think of who are our stakeholders and we prioritize mm-hmm. those, you know, like who's going to have the most skin in the game, um, kind of across that spectrum of stakeholders for this particular issue that this or, you know, this initiative that this strategic plan is put together to address, and one thing we do whenever we do a strategic plan is we do a plan specific to each stakeholder. So it's I always tell people it's kind of like a book, and then we have all these different chapters, and we follow kind of the same format, but that way, and and, and some of the things may be the same. Some may have crossover. You know, some things are going to be unique to that stakeholder. Um, and the other thing is you're saying, in terms of creativity, one thing we always look at and kind of uses it our measuring stick is now we want to remember a lot of things that we do from the creative standpoint are going to be an output. So let's also look at what outcome are we going to get from that output? And is that what's going to be the ROI on that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because otherwise, like you said, you know, you you can have all kinds of wildly creative ideas, but you may be spinning your wheels with some of those that may not generate the output you're looking for. Um, for example, we had a website one time as part of a campaign with a group. We did not put that website together. That website was put together by a, a government, uh, a federal government consult. It was a consultation group that works with federal government, and so they created this, you know, website, and it had all of the latest, greatest federal stuff behind it. It mm-hmm. had, it had, you know, a somewhat simple, you know, landing page. But once you got past that landing page, it was very confusing for people. And it was very overwhelming, and particularly uh, the group that we were looking at, uh, rather the stakeholders that we were working to reach out to, our primary stakeholder group, you know, these were folks where, you know, there definitely was a demographic of lower education. And so it was hard for those folks to get through. So we went through and we did this content analysis of it. Here is the grade level, you know what I mean, that this, all the stuff is written at. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's the, you know, the, the clarity level of it and so forth. And so we worked with the client to to get that to a point where it's it was between a sixth and an eighth grade level because you know mm. sixth eighth grade level is is kind of what most newspapers are written at you mm-hmm. know let's at least get it get it to its that level of understandability so that it's more generally inclusive than what we've got right now which is pretty exclusive to people who might have an education level you know that's a master's degree and that really changed the gate and people being able to come in. And you know, get past the landing page, and then actually be able to engage with the full process to be able to participate in their program.
1: Isn't it funny how how folks' language needs to be pulled to a more of a of a neutral position? Mm-hmm. I, I worked for a group; they were all very, very learned. Um, a lot of them held their PhDs, and they always. When I would take their language and make it so that it was approachable by all audiences, including the audience for the organization I was working for, they would think, well, now you just, you just dumbed it down. And the thought is, no, I made it approachable for people to quickly understand. First of all, they don't have time to read your marketing message, uh, let alone this lengthy marketing message. Mm-hmm. And so the, the thought of bringing it to a spot where more people could understand it was just foreign to them. And I just find that fascinating to me, how people will, a lot of times it was, it was dubbed, it's more professional to write it this way. And I and my thought was, no, you're excluding people whose brains are yes. not turned on to this right now. And you know what? Asking them to have their brain turned on to that is ridiculous. Why would you do that? We have too many messages to compete with these days. Mm-hmm. Let's just make it simple for everyone. Uh, no, we're not placating them. We're not trying to, to let them know that they uh, aren't somebody who has smarts, but we we are absolutely trying to communicate with them and what how whatever it takes to get there, if that's an emoji versus 15 words, I'm using the emoji.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I, but that's true. And that's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we have what do we have right? We're on the road signs, right? Right. Road signs are symbols, correct? I you mean, know mm-hmm. why? Because it's more universal, it, and that was the idea with the website situation. We needed to make it more inclusive. Well, how do we make it more inclusive? We make it more inclusive by making sure that our language and what we are communicating, you know, is something that reaches the vast majority of people. It's it's kind of more that middle ground than it is where it's it's too highbrow. You know what I mean? Or like you said, you know, maybe it's 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 too simplistic to the point to where it mm-hmm. you know, it can come off as being you know, potentially insulting, but Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. you've got to bring it to, like I said, you got to bring it to where your stakeholders are, which is one of our best practices that we do. We, we follow the RPI process religiously. And I know, you know what the RPI process is. And for Mm -hmm. people listening, that's research, planning, implementation, and evaluation. And, and so on the research end of it, I have a commandment and that is know thy stakeholders. You've got to know your stakeholders. And your content and your tactics and the channels in which you're going to reach uh, through to people and that people are going to reach back to you, you know, you're not going to really know what those are if you are not strategically knowing your stakeholder. And all of that is kind of that pre-work that goes into a good strategic plan.
1: That's brilliant. I love it. In fact, I did want to tell you a quick story about RPI. I learned another four-step process when I was in college. It goes along with RPI. RPI is the new one. But when I got out of school, I thought, well, everybody knows this. Everybody knows this process. I learned it. I mean, if I learned it, everybody knows it. What is it? (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't realize it was for us communicators. And so I needed the ghost process to help me. And so I, because I'm knowledgeable of both of them, RPI is part of my ghost's. When I get to that part of the, the objectives, strategies, and the tactics portions of it, RPI, it's within there. And it really came about when I was trying to understand where to start because RPI starts with research. And so what do you know what to ask when you don't know what to ask? Mm-hmm. And so I would get very confused by that. Well, Ghost helped me do that. Ghost was, uh, would align me with the business objectives or the organization's mission, vision, and values. And then once I do that, I could understand some things. Like you said, understanding your stakeholders, that's premium. If you don't understand that, you don't know where you're going and you don't know why you've chosen the words that you've chosen, or you've chosen the methods in which to communicate with them or the channels in which to communicate with them. You don't, you don't know why
0: well, until and even, you and even, understand. Yeah. Yeah. And sorry about that. I mean, to step on you there. Okay. And even, even you're setting policies an organization, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. my big thing. I mean, I, I harp on that all the time. And people listen to, to uh, our podcast know, I mean, I beat that drum every episode that public relations is a management function within the organization. It is not a tactical function. It is not an administrative support function. It is a management function. It is the, It is your radar system for what's going on with your stakeholders. And you've mm-hmm. got to know who they are. You can't develop strategy being able to communicate engage with them you know and that's another thing too we, we harp on a lot too is that communication is not is not the end goal it's the means to the end the end goal is you're looking for a relationship that that, that is more sustainable you know I mean communication is something that happens happens you know in an instant or in a in a you know a, a set you know period of time but it's not something that's sustainable you know the relationship is through multiple, you know, opportunities for communication and engagement. And a strategy helps you be able to do that over and over and over again and be able to have that momentum.
1: Thank you for saying that. And thank you for being a champion of that.
0: I try. (laughs) I was trying
1: not to sing along with you and start praising and... (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Amen, amen.
0: I love it. Talking here a little bit, I I think I, I had talked about the fact that I mean that whenever we put together a strategic plan We do it by stakeholder group, you know, because again, know thy stakeholders, you know what I mean, know who they are, how do they want to be communicated with, what channels do they use to reach out to you and do you, you know, and do they tune into that you reach out to them. But then we also use that to whenever we, whenever we're ready to implement the plan. So let's say I've got my, you know, some of our marketing folks are going to be involved, you know, I might have some folks from HR that are going to be involved, you know what I mean, regarding our stakeholders, which are our employees, and so forth. And then what we'll do is kind of tear that plan apart, and we hand off those chapters, you know, to those folks. And that's one way that we try to be smart about implementation. You know, do we have, for example, another group that's going to be handling Outreach through public affairs with the uh, legislators and so forth. So we look kind of across those. We develop a plan for each one, pull that plan apart, and then hand those off and delegate those, if you will. Either it's our team or it's an extended team, and that way we are able to get, if you will, we are able to get multiple cylinders in the engine all working instead of it all being piled onto one one group or one person. So what are what are the some of the things that you do to help manage the PR execution?
1: Well, very similar to what you just described. In fact, I wanted to ask you a question, so I will in a minute, but let me answer your question first. Thank I you. do this, I do very similar things. It has to be aligned to, I have to align two things. Who's the stakeholders? Like Just like what you've said. And then, and I think you've said this, but I'm going to say it a little bit different words. So it's going to be the same thing, but different words. <clears throat> so it's the stakeholders. Then what do we need to accomplish for this that stakeholder group? Um, are we trying to uh, raise awareness of something? Are we trying to elevate... Uh, Status of a product or whatever the case may be, whatever we're trying to do, I need to understand those two things before I can actually start writing some of my objectives and my strategies and then ultimately my, my action items. So for me and for what I do and the departments that I've worked with and then now my agency, that's what we focus on as well. The key to that, and this is where my question kicks kicks back in. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. The key to that is when I am pulling those apart for some groups to work on. Because you are exactly right. If we were to shoulder the burden of all of that, we wouldn't last long at all. Or if we did, it would we would be like the shaky cat in the corner. Like we wouldn't be able to (laughs) handle ourselves. (laughs) We'd be like hyped up on coffee and not being able to move. But what I find it, and this transcends past communications and goes into more leadership style stuff. But I find that when I have my full plan and I'm able to say, here's your portion of it, department, we'll say human resources, we're going to be speaking to our employees, which is one of our internal audiences. and This is why we are doing it. And I explain the why, mm-hmm. which can be translated to the vision. When I explain that to them, it's almost like, Oh, we're bought in We're 100% and they run with it. And then the great thing is when they run with it, I also, not only am I listening to what's happening in that communication and what they're doing, but I'm also listening to how they are, that group is putting it together. Mm-hmm. And I listen to see, did I miss something? And sometimes they will show me great ideas on, Ooh, I could, I can include this as well. Next go around. Um, and so I'm learning from people that are not inherent to public relations, but are just doing because they are passionate about it Mm -hmm. or they're doing it because it's part of their, their department. So when you are pulling apart, a plan to hand to others, what's a, what's a key for you? How, how are you speaking with them so that they understand all the parts, all the moving parts without telling them all the moving parts?
0: You know, the first thing I do is I, I am all about inclusion. I'm all about bringing people in. I love to work as teams with people. Um, I feel like we get more done when we collaborate as opposed to, you know, just everybody kind of being in those silos. I think a plan mm-hmm. is another great tool for getting people out of silos and getting them all involved together. So it's not unusual at all. You know what I mean? To go and actually, it's kind of part of the uh, the pre work for the plan is to go to each you know one of these, for example, internal divisions. And, and I used to do this. So I worked at Sally May was probably one of the best places mm-hmm. I ever worked. Uh, Mm -hmm. to do this. We had such a a good group of people and and across divisions and we all worked together. One thing, for example, I would always do is I had at least once a month where I would go to each director's division and I would sit down with the director and say, hey, just a half hour. I just get a half hour one-on-one and say, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, tell me, I did this actually the first three months I was there. Uh, I just got to know them. I I decided when I came into the bar, I said, you know what, I don't want to come in and act like I have all the answers. I don't, you know, this is the first time I've worked in their kind of industry. Um, so, you know, these folks are going to be teaching me. So number one was kind of, as you talked about, kind of taking that learning approach instead of I'm the expert and I know everything because mm-hmm. I may I may know how to play the PR game, but uh, I'm sorry, I don't know how to implement PR, but, you know, I don't necessarily <laughs> I understood know. the euphemism. Thank you. Thank you. So, for example, I would sit down with them. Again, as part of the pre-work for the strategy, I would sit down um, with them and say, you know, tell me, you know, it would just give me a lot of really good food for thought in terms of where are they? What challenges are they facing? You know, what what are their angst about this particular initiative or issue? Uh, you know what I mean? How do they want to be involved? Um, you know, what are who are their stakeholders? What can they, they tell me about their stakeholders? And so, again, put all that into actually developing the plan. And then, whenever we have a draft together, I would bring them all together, put them, get them all in a room, walk them through it, take their feedback, make adjustments. And then we'd come back and say, okay, we believe we have a finalized plan now, present it to everybody. And then I have. I have a racy diagram, right? I got a roles and responsibilities. And so we lay that on everybody, you know, and say, okay, these are pieces that we can take. These are pieces we would like for you to manage, or at least for you to have oversight with us on it. And then we we make those partnerships in that moment. And then, you know, we have these regular meetings, whether it's every week, you know, what I mean, whether it's every other week, depending upon, you know, obviously the, the priority and the the magnitude of that initiative, you know, that that strategic initiative. And then we meet with folks. And the great thing is I've found in doing that is not only do we get better results across the organization, as you were talking about at the very beginning, Sam, you said, you know, what are the organizational goals, right? So that's getting everybody involved. It's aligning to their uh, division goals and all of our goals together, you know, work to support the organization goals, And then also to you create this really great environment of camaraderie. And not only does that help you with this strategic initiative, but that actually parlays into other strategic initiatives. And I can tell you right now, I've made some really great relationships through the years. You know, some of those I still have today. And in fact, some of the business that we have um, for our firm actually has come from some some of that very same type of work.
1: Isn't that great? I love that part of it.
0: You know, it's why I took, I can't remember, you're going to probably remember, I'm I'm spacing on the book, you know, the one that teaches you what your strengths are. And that's, oh, there's used, a lot of
1: those, by the way, Strength yeah, well, finders, is that what you're talking about?
0: No, this is a different one. It's it's one of those, it's, it's, it was been out, it was out several years ago, but I used to always think, you know what I mean? I think just because of the business that we're in, right, you know, thought leaders and influencers and thought leaders and influencers, you know, we mm-hmm. just really get hammered with that. And I was always, I thought I have to be a thought leader or an influencer. And when I took that, I found that I'm a connector. And I'm, that was really revealing to me because I thought that is so true. I am not interested in being an influencer. I'm not interested in being uh, you know, a thought leader. I'm interested in connecting people where that's connecting them to information, education, people, opportunity. That's really, really what I'm interested in. And that really um, has been a big shaper in our firm, which, as I said, again, I mean, our our tagline is, you know, we help you build relationships that build business. And again, that's all of that, that connection piece of it.
1: Stephanie, you're, you're talking about something that I think is, is more global than what we're discussing here. And, I, but I want to talk about, it cause it's like the step, if we think of everything we're, we're zooming in and zooming out, this is the one where we're zooming out even further. And so you talked about knowing, know thy stakeholder. I love that by the way, I might, I may adopt that.
0: <laughs> you go right ahead. <laughs> I will
1: always give you credit for it, but I may adopt it but we also need to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. If we don't know ourselves, we won't know why we're inherently doing something. Mm-hmm. And so there is this big movement that has been going on for a while about emotional intelligence. That's yeah. part of it. All those tests that we have taken, all the personality tests that we've taken over the years. I <laughs> Please know I'm one of those people that I used to take and be like, oh, another one, here we go. I, yeah, like the
0: Myers-Briggs. But and all. I had a
1: really good friend tell me one time, just write them all down. And then that friend said, now go back and look at all of them that you've written down. What are the similarities? And when I started doing that, it was like, I was reading my own, a book written by me. Yeah. That is about me. And I started to understand like what you said, I'm, am I supposed to be an influencer or whatever, but you end up being a connector. I was like, oh, well. This is one of my strengths. I'm really good at relating with people, so I can understand what somebody's talking about without with them using very few words or very few uh, body language. I can relate to them. Mm-hmm. I'm really good with and the folks. As soon as I say this, the folks will know which one I'm talking about. I have the ability to win win others over, which is from the strength finders side of it. It's not something I I am going to be using just for my advantage. It's actually something I'm using to the other individual's advantage so that I can quickly understand them. And it's mainly because I want to sit in their camp. I want to know how they're thinking, but I've got to know how I'm thinking first so that I am able to sit in their camp in context of myself.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Now, tell me, tell me, Sam, as we're kind of talking down through all this, I'm really enjoying this conversation, by the way, as we're talking down through all this. So how do you measure plan success? What are some of the things that you do to make sure that you're bringing accountability uh, to all of that effort and resources that go into implementing a strategic plan?
1: Oh, it starts with the objectives wholeheartedly starts with the objectives. I have to write in, I'm foreshadowing my, my own way of evaluating my plans. And so typically for me and for my firm, uh, not typically, every single time. When we write an objective, it has to increase or decrease something over, mm-hmm. over time. And again, keeping it nice and simple for, for us. And so we need to know, first of all, what's our benchmark? Where do we start from? And then did we increase it or did we decrease it by mm-hmm. the time frame that we set? And so we try to put forth the tools to evaluate our plan before our plan even takes off mm-hmm. now the kicker to that is a long time ago I when I would miss an objective and it happens it'd be almost devastating and I would think man I'm not good at what I do I need no, to okay. I need to probably choose another career you know that whole imposter syndrome <laughs> <clears throat> and and I realized no 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 failure is is one way of not doing it and I've got to figure out all the ways of not doing it and you know what? At some point I'm going to figure out the way to do it. Cause it's going to be in there. If not, I've learned all those lessons and I know not to do those lessons again. And so yeah. the failures are what's helped, helped me dial that in so that I can get it. Another thing that it's relatively recent for me, and, and I'm a little ashamed to say that it's recent for me, but I don't look at output. I look at outcomes.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And when I first started my career, it was all about, well, look, I sent out, look at how many press releases I sent out, look at how many social media posts I did, look at look at how many people visited the website. Well, the reality is I'm looking for the, the outcomes. What are the outcomes? Why did I put out that press release? What was the intent of that press release? No, the intent is not for coverage, although that's what we really want, that we want that too. But the intent is to help communicate something through the mass media. Did yeah. we actually communicate to our stakeholders? And Why did I do the social media posts?
0: Yeah. And, generally and, generally and being awareness. able to
1: explain the outcome versus the output, mm-hmm. it stopped a lot of, I struggled in, in my market. I struggled a lot with marketing public relations advertising It is it, seen as an afterthought. Like what you mm-hmm. said, it, it, it was not seen as the management as a management function, it was seen as as ancillary thing that could be jettisoned when budgets need to be cut. But the reality is that's not the case at all. It's the exact opposite of that. You should jettison other departments before you jettison the marketing, PR, and advertising side of it. But when I started being able to shift from output to outcome, then when I was explaining what I was doing, maybe I was chatting with a, an executive who didn't quite understand what the role, that role I served was it helped them better understand what I was trying to do. And then when I was really doing that through the plan process, trying to educate them through the plan. And when I linked those two together, it's now at a point that when I share it with an executive and they want to bulk at it,
0: mm-hmm. it's,
1: it's merely their opinion to bulk at it. And it's okay for them to do that. That's fine. I don't mind at all, but everybody now knows you have a personal preference as to why you don't care for what has happened. Yeah. not that you have a business preference and that maybe we've chosen the wrong PR person to deal with it. <clears throat> so that's really helped me out quite a bit. And when I am when I am talking about evaluation, it's everything. My mind is on that the moment the plan says go. Mm-hmm. Are we achieving what we're trying to achieve? Are we getting it? Because what in public relations, we're dealing with the communications. We're not dealing with black and white. We're not dealing right. with numbers that can say, Yes. That's a five. You wrote a five down on the sheet of paper. And that is the number five. I understand that. No, actually we're writing down this really, I don't know, paragraph of text. Did it do what it needed to do? Well, we don't know. It's a big, giant gray area. And so when we are locking ourselves into those, those objectives mm-hmm. that meet the business objectives, yes when we step through all the evaluation portions of it, we're able to better say, look at what we've done. The black and white that you want is actually, it's here. This is the black and white. We wrote it for you. Here it is.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I definitely with you on that in terms of, definitely on the outputs and outcomes. I, I say that all the time, all the time. In fact, we imagine this, we did a podcast on that. <laughs> you know, are you- are your Yeah, I did want to. Getting your <laughs> outcome, Yeah. You know, I, I, we definitely had some academics that are really interested in that because I know that's one, you know, that they face, especially in this era of social media. You know, it's all about, you know, getting followers and all that. And that's a whole other podcast in itself. You know what I mean? Do mm-hmm. who likes actually equal outcomes? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they don't. They no. <laughs> And nope. you're right. And, and we we actually talk about that with folks, too, about, you know, there's kind of the stages from awareness, you know, what I mean, to interest, to driving people to evaluation and trial. You know what I mean, now they're over into, you know, uh, an engagement and adoption and all that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's that's one way that we measure, like we will set up metrics that fit into those columns of progress. So we will set up. For example metrics and so we may have our overall objective we'll say okay we're going to put out a news release that news release is intended to raise awareness but we also have this you know it's push pull right we're going to do the push for awareness then we want to pull people in somewhere so we can measure interest you know from the interest then in, you know what i mean now what do we have set up which is kind of the next step in that i know people use the word funnel you know but i like to say the next step in the process and that's, you know, now they're going to evaluate or, tr- you know, try something out. So what's their, what opportunity are we setting up for that? That gives us another point to measure. And, and then from there, how many people actually were converted out of that, you know what I mean, into actually being a customer participant, you know what I mean, a, a voter, mm-hmm. etc. So, you know, we try to set up those channels um, and look to see kind of, kind of each bucket, you know what I mean, where people move mm-hmm. from. And we find that's, It's really helpful to people too. And it's helpful to us as we're working the plan because then we know hey, look, our awareness is high, but we're not getting a lot of people moving out of interest to trial and evaluation. So we need to figure out what's not working right here. Let's lift the hood. Let's look at all this and let's figure out Mm -hmm. what we need to adjust. And uh, maybe we need to, maybe even, you know, implement something new or whatever. That's a a good way for us to be able to make those adjustments along the way.
1: I love the analogy of lift the hood because in my mind, I'm like, that engine's running great. (laughs) The powertrain's not connected.
0: Going nowhere, just spinning our wheels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, We're stuck in awareness. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add today? I really enjoyed this conversation and I definitely want to make sure that if there's anything else, any other, any other morsels you have left in your grandmaster chess mind there that we get those out (laughs) on the table.
1: Uh, I'm blushing. I appreciate that. So uh, I would say what we have talked about is merely scratching the surface of what really goes on. There is not a silver bullet for planning. No, there just isn't. It is adaptive to every single situation, every single organization, every single person and how they deal with it. And so as, as we as professionals and, and Stephanie, I know that you do this, you may inherently just do this. We align them for whomever we're speaking the plan to and with and so one, one plan can look multiple different ways to multiple different people. And that's, that's one of the beauties of, of the PR mind is that our minds keep it straight. You're right with the ADHD moment. I have never been officially <laughs> diagnosed with it, but I'm pretty sure I've got something that, you know,
0: <laughs> well, I think PR kind of conditions our brain to be yeah. like that. So right time you will be. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're not, come here and teach me how you're not. Cause I don't know. That, that plan can be different for everybody in our PR minds, keep it all together. And so if there is an organization out there who is listening or someone out there who's listening to this and they're like, well, God, I thought I was going to get like the silver bullet for the planning. That's not going to happen. There's not, there's not a self-help book. There's not a uh, do-it-yourself book that's going to tell you how to do all that. I would encourage you to reach out to professionals in the public relations industry and ask them start there. And if you run into somebody that's like, they're not going to give you any kind of answer whatsoever without billing you, then you might need to move on. And please know, mm-hmm. most of us are in business to make money. So let's not discount that. We want to make money, but at some point we got to educate before people can say, that's something that I think I need for my organization.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's my approach. I I I don't know how you approach it. And I don't want to speak for your organization, but for my organization, we typically start with, you know what, let's just walk down the path. And when and when we need to talk about money, we'll talk about money. Mm-hmm. But right now, let's just start walking down the path so you have a better understanding of what this is. And a lot of times i am doing that because I want them, I want to leave a lasting impression on them, not of me, but of someone in the profession of public relations so that it doesn't get the tarnish that unfortunately it has gotten in the past. I just don't want that to happen.
0: Yeah. I, so I, I, I
1: would really say reach out reach out and ask questions. Um, There's great organizations. We've mentioned it many times before where the membership, it will gladly give you information. One of the the most well-known and full transparency I'm entering onto the national board for them next year, but it's going to be the public relations society of America. There's 30,000 plus people that are part of that. That includes students as well as uh, professionals. And they are more than willing to share with you that entire process and why it works the way that it works.
0: If you can reach out to those accredited PR professionals, um, that's really important because our PR pros that have that APR, they've been through that process. They've had to prove that they know strategic planning, they know the process, they know the best practices. You know what I mean? So, definitely those are folks, if you see an APR behind their name, You know, those are great people for you to reach out to because they have been they have literally been through the ringer to prove that they know how to do it. It's a lot different. You know what I mean? And that's not Mm -hmm. to say that somebody who doesn't have it can't do strategic planning or hasn't doesn't have experience. But the APR is a very it is a formal designation for somebody that's that's proven that they can do that and they can get results. Mm
1: -hmm. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Another key point that I want to say about those that, that are in the profession and part of a professional organization, those professional organizations typically have ethics, which the members have to adhere to. Public Relations Society of America has a set of ethics we have to adhere to. And so that takes us from somebody who might just be, I'm really good at this to somebody who's, I'm really good at this and I'm watching out for my clients mm-hmm. the whole time I'm doing it.
0: And, and I'm going to be doing it in a way that actually holds me to ethics as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I may be watching out for the client. If the client's doing something, with the client... Probably shouldn't be doing.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. You're
0: held on ethics codes that you make sure you don't walk down that path with them. So,
1: right. I hope you've never had to step away from a client before. I unfortunately have because yes, of that I very have. reason.
0: I have to twice, twice and <laughs> twice in 10 years. Which, so, you know, yeah. But you know crazy. what? I put
1: my head down on my pillow at night in a much better way and fell right asleep, had no issues at all. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and I tell people all the time, it's not about spin. You know, in mm-hmm. fact, who probably behind the scenes, you know what I mean? Probably. You know, really, really, really pushes on clients more. You know what I mean? To to do things right, to think things through. You know, to to develop good policy that is, you know, that that's not only, you know, it's obviously legal, right? You know, mm-hmm. but a policy that is good for their business and it's good for their community. It's good for the people they serve. You know, probably nobody nobody really hammers on clients more than that. You know what I mean? Than than I do. You know, so I have sometimes I'll have reporters that will make slightly snark comments. I get those every now and then. And I'll say, no, 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 you, you really misunderstand what we do. You know, mm-hmm. our, our job is to make sure that our clients are acting in a way that is, you know, it's a good business. It's legal business. It's sound business and, you know, that they're doing it in a way that is beneficial to, you know, themselves and the stakeholders that they serve and the communities that they serve.
1: I'm so glad that you said legal and then you followed up with that because just because it's legal doesn't mean that it's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> come on legal, we're dealing with humans legal is your baseline right legal keeps you <laughs> out of jail
1: <laughs> right
0: well sam thank you thank you so much for- thank
1: you i've enjoyed yeah. this
0: i have too so much this is again just you know two guys you know this is just two pr professionals just coming together just having an afternoon chat about strategic planning and i'm just really glad you know that we've had a chance to do this and i really hope that this is a benefit to folks so well, friends. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you've gotten some valuable food for thought today from this really delightful conversation that I had a chance to have with Sam Sims. And I wanna thank Sam again for sharing his time and his expertise with us. So guys, please have a wonderful holiday season. And as always, go out and make it a great day.